The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. When the Guardian came... She pretty much did not do one thing that a guardian should do. They need to file like an inventory of the estate, the money, everything. A guardian is also supposed to notify the courts if they feel they need to sell the ward's house or estate. Uh, The only letter that I got was November 30th when the house was pending. I told her there was a will and she did not bother to get a copy or look for it. When she took over, actually, she had changed the locks in the house and would not let me get any of my stuff or anything of my parents. She gave us an email saying that Cannon's Auctions would be auctioning it off online and that I could bid on my stuff if I wanted to. (laughs) I have her email where I asked again. What, what did you do with my diaries? What did you do with my birth certificate? The photo albums, you know, etc. I And she said that what did not sell at the auction was discarded. It's a wonderful chaos. Solo or tandem. We work to find rest. We fight to find peace. Both head and the heart. And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos and we like it that way. Hello, Bambos. Hello, Andy. We are on with Christian McAnally. We are going to discuss the conspiracy of guardianship. It is a fascinating topic that we're going to get into for an hour. And there's a lot more stuff going on in his life. We're going to discuss that as well, of course. And first of all, just to say, what is guardianship? Basically, guardianship is giving an individual the authority to, uh, it's an individual, right? That takes over the authority of another to decide on matters relating to physical and mental well-being of a person. And that would be deciding where a person will live, caring for clothing, furniture, vehicles, consenting or withholding consent on medical care, and providing care, comfort, and overall well-being for the individual. So that is basically what a guardian does. Now, how that happens and the process and all of the, call it the shit in between, that's what we're going to be discussing. But it's even more important because I I really want us to understand the show can go in a lot of different directions. We're now talking to Christian McAnally, whose mother is currently in the hospital. He's just been told that what they're, I guess, declaring as comfort care is now being taken away, which means that it's just a matter of time before his mom dies. Yeah. So he's coming on the show. We we almost never have anyone on a show when they're this close to being in the middle of something. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of vulnerability here and care. And care. So I don't know where we're going and nor do I particularly care per se, but I, I do want to at least acknowledge that, you know, uh, it's not the time I'd want to be having a discussion. So I'd rather hold space for Christian, discuss what's going on for him. Of course, discuss how he's frustrated as hell with what's going on with the guardianship at this moment, but let him decide where he wants to go, right? So... Yeah, we, we often say that we want our guests to feel good when coming on the show. Yeah. And, and it's about if they're having a good time and that's all that matters. And you guys watching get to be the witness of that. Yeah. Or not. But we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see where we go today. Yeah. Can you click on the comments? Hello, Christian. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. It, I, for, as I mentioned given what's going on in your life and this information just came to you regarding your mom, thank you for being with us. And all I want to say is I love you, actually. That's all I can say. Well, you know, at a time like this, sometimes what you end up feeling is love. 
you know. Yeah, it's it's you know my mom of course was taken away from me, and I think by a drunk driver, and when I um, after that experience occurred, I looked at life differently. So in a way, sitting with you now is like there's an incapacity, actually. Like how? What am I going to do? Ask you stupid questions about some random shit that might be totally irrelevant for you at this moment? Yeah. Well, I, I know where I can start. Um, Please. Where I don't know if your audience saw your definition of guardian, um, but that is what they like to think. That's what they do, um, but that's not what they do. Um, they pretty much gain access to everything. They do not do what's in the ward's best interest or what they would think they would, the ward would want. Um, they pretty much have one goal in mind. It's a business who yeah. can make the most money. Um, yeah. I don't know if you had said something about um, dirty money or dirty talks or something. Yeah, when I did, when I did research, yeah. there, was a, there was a movie on Netflix that dealt with the subject of corruption in guardianship, and it was called Dirty Money. Okay, now, two, two good um, – well, there's a one documentary that I would really um, highly recommend, and that's called The Guardians, and that came out in 2018 yeah. it's on Amazon uh, Prime. That pretty much depicts very accurately, and it's actually based on, I think, two or three families, you know, real stories. Dealing with um, the real situations. Correct. Yeah. Now, I did not, and also, um, I care a lot, especially the first 30 minutes mm. um, without the laughter and the humor in it. Um, just to point that a guardian, and each state is a little bit different. Now, in Virginia, a lot of them tend to be attorneys. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, that specialize in protecting elderly rights and protecting them from abuse so they hide behind that veil yeah um, now there she's been involved in this family for a year and a half yeah um, can i can i can i can i slow down because you're already getting into some details and i don't know how comfortable you are but it would be great to rewind okay. back to where it is that this came into your life why did they come in what was the situation with your mom that made it important like can you can do you yeah. feel do you feel comfortable kind of sharing that? I do um, yeah. to some degree. Um, family conflict um, between me and one sibling. And it's wow. just three and a half years ago, and Adult Protective Services became involved. When Adult Protective Services or you know the government becomes involved in your life, it's very hard to get them out. Wow. Yeah, you really won't know. I didn't know until this past December how corrupt things were. So for a year and a half, I had to deal with other things. Um, my parents were put in assisted living um, against my you know, recommendation or what I wanted because I always wanted to take care of them. Um, and I have been fighting to get them out. And then a year and a half ago, the Guardian um, base, she was recommended from a Guardian at Lightham when somebody, my, my sister, um, filed a petition for guardianship. Um, and then a Guardian at Lightham was appointed. And what I want to make clear, one thing that I want to make clear is that their rights are removed so you know, I mean, right bef before they even have a guardian, their rights are completely removed. The guardian at Lightham maybe met with them one time. I don't know for how long. Could have been for a minute. Could have been just to give them the paperwork. Um, my can, parents I can I slow you down yeah. now just because I want to kind of take a step by step on this. Yeah. So, so years ago, you have a family conflict, a rival where we don't need to go into the detail details of that which brings a situation where you can't do what you'd like to do, which is take care of your parents, like any child that had a connection to them. And, and, and that occurring now, 
the government needs to get involved because in some ways you can't resolve it with your sibling and your parents, I'm assuming, are getting less capable of managing their own lives. Correct. And so because of that, your sister in this case has now asked that the government put a guardian in place to take care of your parents because in this case, you're not allowed to take care of them. Well, the guardian at Leiden was is automatically put in place when uh, somebody files for a petition. Got it. Okay. It's like the guardian for my parents, the lawyer for my parents. Okay. Fascinating. Isn't it amazing? As you speak, I'm I'm feeling like constriction in my like body because what I'm hearing is I've had a relationship with these individuals. I'm closest to these individuals. I know what they want because they've told me a hundred times. But all of a sudden, there's a separation where you're no longer having any capacity to decide anything on their behalf. Correct. God, that's got to suck. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know when they when the guardian came came in and um she pretty much did not do one thing that a guardian should do um in the state of virginia and i'm pretty sure you know every state they need to file like an inventory you know four months later of the estate everything the belongings the personal property the money, everything. Yeah, um, I'm still waiting for that. Um, she has not. She, you know, a guardian is also supposed to notify the uh, the courts or the commissioner of accounts if they feel they need to sell the ward's house or estate. Yeah. Um, and she, and we're supposed to get a, a you know notification. A, a notification, of course. Fifteen days, I think. You know, the commissioner of accounts waits to see if there's an objection or if there's going to be a hearing or some sort. Uh, the only letter that I got was November 30th when the house was pending. Wow. I told her there was a will and she did not bother to get a copy or look for it. And I'm... when she took over, actually, she had changed the locks in the house and would not let me get any of my stuff or anything of my parents. She gave me one day, May 29th. And because I had been up like two nights that week, I asked, I had all the emails, I have all the evidence and her time will come. But um, I asked if we could reschedule and she said, nope, this is the day. So I, you know, I set like 20 alarms, but my body was just so stressed out after all doing everything that I slept like 16 hours and woke up at 3.33. And I emailed, I mean, I immediately emailed her and she said, that's it. I'm not going to reschedule. I said, can I have the key? You know, I, I never even asked for the key before that because I already knew. And she said, no, no explanation, no nothing. So from May, June, July, August, September, I could not get anything. And I had a lot of stuff in there because I had lost my house and trying to pay for my dad, one of my dad's houses. And there were thousands of dollars, you know, just of my stuff, you know, new stuff, you know, yeah. and she wouldn't let me get anything out. And then she said she she gave us an email saying that cannonsauctions.com on West Broad Street um, would be um, auctioning it off online, you know, weekly, and that I could bid on my stuff if I wanted to. <laughs> it's 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 so it's it, so it, absurd. It is. It, it, it is. I think, you know, I think what people have to think about is if you're thinking about this, imagine that you have a relationship with your parents. Now, you're not getting along with your sister, obviously, which is the issue here. And just because of that, that conflict, all of a sudden, everything for your parents goes to shit, actually. I mean, yeah. in a way, for everyone. Yeah. And I actually... Went on there and it took, there were like 1,100 items plus. And I'm supposed to look at each one individually and they're grouped with other, you know, items. And, you know, needless to say. Um, but let's understand I, this for one moment. Sorry, yeah. one more thing. Your parents yeah. are still alive. Yes. And this ward has gone into the house where you also lived and obviously now moved yes, out of. I was 12. I mean, that was the only house my parents owned. 
and they've taken all the items before their death and they're auctioning them on the internet right now. Yes. Including my stuff. And, you know, I must say that I went ahead and did what probably anybody else would have done. So I kept bidding and bidding and bidding. I said, that's my stuff, you know? So it went like almost to $1,000. Of course, I'm not going to pay $1,000, but you better give me my stuff. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and of course, I got the email where that was upset. Stop bidding on that. You're upsetting. You know, you're ruining the auction for other people. And I mean, it's just incredible, incredible. Um, but I was able... What I do want to say about that is that I did go over to Canon's auctions and Clyde, um, the person that, you know, she does business with, and I won't say her name just yet. Um, I He wasn't there. So I asked the lady that was uh, working there, well, could I have a copy of the things that sold? And she actually gave me a copy of till that time, the things that sold or didn't sell, you know, for example, my mom's, um, the only Italian furniture that I knew, you know, in the, uh, the, their master bedroom sold for $5. And, um, my bike that I couldn't wait to open up, it was brand new, $233. But yet she said that everything, you know, she had made a comment, I think, or there was, my sister had gotten an inventory that said that everything, the personal items were valued at 500. So imagine 80 some years old, they only had $500 worth of items. They don't have to itemize. They don't have to report. They can do whatever they want. And after the auction ended, and everything was gone, I only saw about 40% of my things that were auctioned off, my parents. Oh. I asked, yeah. And I asked for the inventory so I could see. But this time, Clyde was there, and he said, you'll have to ask Amanda. And he was very cold and brutal. Wow. And I had so, 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 in essence half the things that you owned in that house weren't auctioned, nor were, you, nor were you even allowed access to them, even if they weren't sold. So they may have just been thrown out. Correct. I have her email where I asked again, what, what did you do with my diaries? What did you do with my birth certificate? The photo albums, you know, et cetera. I, and she said that what did not sell at the auction was discarded. Wow. Sorry, my lips are dry. I no, just, please drink. It's a fat. It's it seems let, let, so let's, crazy. Let's take a moment here. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm angry. Hmm. <laughs> well, it gets better. I mean, in a sense, not, I actually saw some of my things at um, at an auction, and uh, not an auction place, an uh, antique place. And I thought, whoa, 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 that looks just like mine. And if it is not mine, then I know for a fact that she would have brought the stuff here. So I went to the lady there. It was Weston Antiques by Staples Mill Road, Richmond, mm -hmm. Virginia. And um, I said, do you deal with Canon's auctions? And she was like, oh, yeah, we do. So I started taking pictures of everything, which I will have on my podcast. Um, my stuff, my parents, you know. So I know good and well she didn't discard it, you know. And also... She had told, I think my sister had said that she sold the trailer and which was probably worth twenty or thirty thousand, the RV, that and the uh, truck for nine thousand. Well, at least that's what she wrote, you know. But what happens in these businesses is there are a lot of people. It's a network. It's a network. Yeah. Oh no, I see it. Yeah. So she goes to the RV dealer. And she says, hey, you know, write me a receipt for $5,000. We'll pocket the difference. She also, because I did my background investigation. Oh, she just sent me an email. Yeah. Visit father. I had asked if I could visit my father. So we'll see what she says. Um, and then my mind went blank. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. basically what you're telling me is that 
there's an individual, and that individual may or may not be a lawyer. It could be somebody that I guess does a sort of a conservatorship uh, uh, education on the internet and probably can actually take the role if they pass a few exams. Um, yes, it's that. And yeah. I, I don't know if in the state of Virginia they even have to have a background check. And And basically – they're making decisions on your behalf, but they're not even including you in the decisions. Correct. It seems so far fetched. I mean, you, you can understand the theory behind it. The theory is there's people in the world that can't take their take care of themselves that are being actually potentially fraud, fraud, defrauded. So your parents might have had people trying to defraud them. And then, for instance, you or your sister might go to and say we, they need a guardian because they can't take care of themselves. Yeah, please, nobody get a guardian. Does your sister? Do you think your sister regrets that she brought the guardian in now, or does she? Does she? Uh, are you? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she does. Because once they're in, there's no way out. Once they're in, what, was what I'm uh, getting from you. Yeah, and you know, when when this was going down in December, I started. Um, I posted something on Facebook. It was like you know, elders against guardianship abuse or something, and. I thought, my God, I can't believe this is happening, you know, and I posted that and I said, what should I do? You know, I want to get her for theft. I want to go to the police. I want to go to the magistrate. And um, they said, oh, the same thing happened to me. So now I've got like two, probably close to 200 people on my Facebook that have had this exact same stuff happen. And there's even a group called uh, Murder by Hospice. Um, it's, I mean, murder for profit. I mean, it's, it's a business. And the whole thing is, you know, once they get the money, then they start drugging the individuals. And I know for a fact, because I have proof, I have the audio recording November 20th when my mother was catatonic. And then um, they've been, you know, I've been trying for three and a half years to get the med list. I've been trying last, last week to get the med list. And um, I was told that the med list would be given to the guardian. I guess she was going to review it to see what I could or maybe make some changes. And um, then she would give me the med list. She's an attorney, not a doctor. I just wanted the med list. No, I understand. They needed to be drugged. Yeah. And, and in a weird way, no one is holding the guardian accountable no. for their actions. Not one person. And I actually went to have a meeting with the CEO, the administrator of the facility and the other day. And I was told the guardian has said we cannot communicate with you. So and then I said, well, can somebody contact the guardian since I'm here? I'd like to see my dad. She won't answer if I contact her. Um, so I wasn't able to see my dad. So the guardian has complete control, even complete control to murder. Yeah, I mean, and the crimes that they do is worse than you can imagine. You can't. You, your mom at the moment is is in the state where we don't know how much longer she'll live. Are you able to go to the hospital and see your mom now? I am right now, and I made sure that I got a band because I was told that she would probably be stopping by to um, meet with hospice. And I don't want her to say that I cannot see my mother because she had threatened that already when she took my visitation away from my father. And I was up all night, and I did some research on, like, opioid uh, drugs, sedatives. And, you know, she was over sedated in my mind, you know, and yeah. I think, and I asked for that test, you know, now had they done the test or any test um, and it showed nothing, but you know, you can't trust anybody when you're in the situation and you, the people that are supposed to protect you, the systems that are supposed to protect you do not, they're, there is just, you don't know how, you feel very helpless, hopeless, angry. There have been many times that I sat in the car thinking, who do I go to? Who 
do I I call the attorney general twice. I called 911 while I was at the hospital because I she had symptoms of like poisoning. And they said, well, you have a guardian or th- you're at the hospital. Let them take care of it. You know, and I'm thinking they'll call you crazy. Yeah. I felt like, yes. And I, and I remember when I called uh, the attorney general, I spoke with, I spoke with somebody and he had said, okay, so let me get this right. You feel you're being wiretapped and I do have a report. That's a different story. And they're drugging your mother. And I was like, yeah, but the way they, you know, made it seem it was like, oh, my God, you know, and I'm like, look, if somebody can just come here, I have all the evidence, all of the evidence. I had two briefcases, the emails, everything, the documents, the audios, uh, the recordings, everything that would put her that bitch away forever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the thing is, is that here's how it works, is that you've now combined two things independently of one another. Because if a person has a profit motive at the same time as they're actually caretaking, then you're relying on them to be upstanding citizens. And if there's no accountability in the system, then it breeds corruption, which is obviously highlighted in these two movies, at least that, that are that are occurring right now. And also yes. in the comments. Yeah, the comments is like a it's like a Christmas tree we've got lit, lit oh, up in I the moment. The oh, let me. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and, okay. Yes, and, I and what I'm also sensing, which it seems so so far fetched to me, is that the guardian has no responsibility to interact with the kids. In fact, the guardian, it, the kids are getting in the way of what the guardian wants to do, which is just implement whatever it is they want to implement. Only a sociopath can do this. Um, they already know when they are appointed. They already know when they sign up and think, oh, I want to be a guardian or a conservator. I, I don't know if there are any legit ones because it kind of be rough on them. You know, why make so little when all you have to do is this and you make so much? I mean, peer pressure. I, I, I don't think there are any legit, you know, private or public, especially strangers that come into your house and treat you bad, defame you, put you down, uh, accuse you of things. And, you you know, it's, I just, I never believed that the world could be so corrupt. Yeah. So corrupt. You know, we're talking judges, guardian met items, attorneys, you know, I've gone to maybe 10, 15 different attorneys and all are like, mm, there's a conflict. Some are like a conflict of interest or no, we can't do it civil or we don't do that. Yeah, it's, it sounds, I you understand know, now. when I've gotten into systems like the one you're speaking of, there's mm-hmm. like this circular non-accountability. And I see it happen a lot in, in bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So one person makes a decision and their decision is so insular that they don't have to take any consequence for the behavior. And then it goes to the next person and their accountability is so insular that so in the end, it the whole system is the corruption. So th- the sadness that comes up for me is that it's often the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So let's agree that conservatorship and guardianship, it's a beautiful idea. It is. And if you think about it in terms of helping somebody who can't help themselves. In a perfect world, maybe. <laughs> yes, that's my point. And so what, what I hear is that there is no accountability within that system. Correct. A crazy. There, you know, I've spoken with people that have told me, you know, the only, they're, they're going to kill them. You need to kidnap them. You know, um, I, if I could go back in time rather than watch my parents being murdered, you know, I would kidnap them. And I, the stories that I have heard is, is just and they're still dealing with it years later after their parents or their loved one dies. Mm. It's ridiculous. Say- and there's always a DNR in place. Do not yeah. resuscitate. That there's always a DNR. 
Yeah, wow. DNR Bambos is so basically nice. there's a healthcare directive, and what happens is if uh, if an individual, like let's say for instance, if we're looking at Christian's parents, the parents will usually have a will, and the will says I have a healthcare directive, and I have the person who takes care of my 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 belongings, my trust. Yeah, and if you don't have that in place. And basically, or maybe even if you do, if I understand Christian, it can maybe be even overridden. But basically what happens is that you get to decide how you want to go out. And one of the things you decide is you say, I have a DNR, which is a do not resuscitate, which means if Christian's mom or dad uh, has a heart failure, you could bring them back to life. But the DNR says, don't do it. Just let them die. So basically the guardian chooses for the individual that they're not going to be able to live any longer. They make that choice. Or if they choke, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's the slowest step. Yeah. You, does your father understand, is your father conscious and, and can he comprehend, like when he sees you, does he say, oh, hi, Christian, or is he, yeah. is he lucid? Oh yeah. He still shaves. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, he's he's they've actually done very well, considering the fact that they've been in that prison, for lack of a better word, or concentration camp since Monday, February 26, 2018. So, okay. you know, over three years, um, I think anybody would deteriorate if you take family. You know, it's like taking a fish out of water. Yeah, they're going to not function. They're going to die. Um, especially with the COVID, then, you know, I wasn't able to contact my parents um, via phone for a year and a half because I was blocked and nobody did anything. Um, and and if your parents said, we want to speak to Christian, were they blocked or how did that work? Uh, well, they, I don't really want to get into the family uh, situation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, but, okay. Yeah. Um, but the weird thing is that trial, uh, well, not trial, I actually wanted a jury and I, you know, I wanted a trial and I definitely wanted a court reporter, you know, and I, and I can't believe that my lawyer, and he, he's crooked, he didn't do one thing out of like the 20 things he said he would do. And then he shook the other person's hand and said, good job, good job. You know, and I thought, wow. What, what film am I in? I, that's, you know, mm -hmm. I was just traumatized yeah. i can't think of any other word i'll give you an idea how rough the last few days were there were times that because i've heard of stories of what happened to other parents you know and that they would give them a lot of times they use morphine you know they they give them like doses high doses of morphine and they pretty much kill them um so every time they would ask me to leave the room you know i would get nervous you know, and I would really watch my mother, you know, if she was sometimes she would, you know, she would be awake and um, she understood, you know, she she had trouble um, communicating. And I forgot the word, but it's also it can also be from um, over sedation. So it, all the symptoms that she has, you know, they need to rule that out before they kill her. And they're not doing that. Yeah. You know, they're taking a, a beautiful soul and counting the minutes until they can just spend the money. You know, I'll never see a dime. She hasn't given us any kind of report. There's absolutely nothing, you know, that anybody will do. I even wrote the White House. Um, and I'm going to continue, though. And when I create my own podcast... You know, I will out everybody and mm. show all the evidence that I have. Um, we have this comment from Karen Miller Burling. The guardian has to financially support the ward once the estate is liquidated, which is why the DNR is put in place. If there is money left when the ward passes, the guardian and attorneys will drag the probate out till there's nothing left. So... This gets to the whole scam side of this whole thing, which is that if you can, if you have an ulterior motive to get money, then you're not incentivized to do what's in the family's interest. Mm -hmm. So it, there's an inherent conflict of interest in this system, which doesn't appear to be dealt with 
by the by anyone. That's what I'm hearing over and over again. Yes, and also I think that um, it was really a conflict of interest um, with the realtor that she used to sell the house because, without saying the name of, you know, the person, her boss, um, the realtor had the same exact name, so it was a family member. Uh you know, it kind of feels like as, as he speak, as Christian's speaking, I'm, I, I kind of see this image like it's almost like I've every every project I've already got my ten suppliers. I already know who's going to take care of the house, and there's going to be a cut there. I already know who's going to take care of the car. There's going to be a cut there. I already know who's going to take care of the auction house. There's, so it's almost like it's really like it, it feels wrought with financial corruption. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you've had to live through for the last, what, three years? Three and a half. Sorry that this is what the, your reality has been. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the saddest part of it is that the louder you scream, the more they're going to use it against you because that's what people in these positions like to do. They like to make the individual who's exposing the corruption to be the crazy one. So they're just going to say, you're yelling loud. Oh, just be quiet, as if not yelling is the appropriate way to deal with somebody who's scamming you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just a matter of time because they've been doing this for decades. Yeah. But now with social media, people recording things, it's just going to be a matter of time. Yeah. And it will be worth it. You saw, of course, I'm sure you've probably even, you know, um, followed the whole thing with Britney Spears and, you know, the fact that her dad has conservatorship. You know anything about this? Basically, Britney Spears, her dad has control of her money because the same thing that happened to Christian's parents happened to her. Back when I think when she shaved her head. When she shaved her head. Think about like, think, imagine this, Bambos, say 10 years ago, you're just like, I'm losing it. I'm cutting my hair. I'm going to be crazy. I'm just going to, I'm just, and then someone says, Hope, you can't manage your life anymore. So then all of a sudden the government comes in and you lose control over all your financial assets. It seems, it seems uh, your brain can't comprehend the craziness in this. No. No, it's it's very hard to live through. And and so you have you don't have much longer. It sounds like with your mom. Okay. How do you want? How do you want to spend that time? Because sure as hell, I would rather cut this this episode short and let you get the hell out of here and like do what you want to do. But like, what what for you is important for you at this moment? You know, in my mind, I'm still I still want to fight for her for somebody to listen and to just go there and do a drug sample you know um when the guardian said the doctor thinks the doctor doesn't you know i mean it's like there is no proof you know um and the email was a lie because when she said comfort care that she would be in comfort care now i had and she said that she had talked to the doctor yesterday well, I think on my Facebook, I had noted comfort care. It was definitely before she talked to the doctor. Some A nurse accidentally slipped up and said, oh, she's in comfort care. And I was thinking, what do you mean comfort care? She's, they were talking to me, you know, the guardian, about releasing her to a skills facility. See, they'd like to give you hope, you know, and then take it away, give you a little bit more hope. Yeah, I mean, they're beyond sociopaths. I mean, I, it's almost like a new breed. Um, so I know that that was a lie because the nurse slipped up and said, you know, comfort care. And I said, what are you talking about? And then he said, oh, never mind. She's she's just a DNR. <laughs> you know, but she said that she came up with that after. So it was already planned. She was not, you know, planning on moving her to a skills nursing facility yeah yeah yeah. that's why she never gets back to me or my sister yeah she charges you know we don't even know we can't even control in the state in the united states of america we cannot even control how much they make there's no set figure so she could charge you a thousand dollars an hour and that's just fine well they say reasonable so i guess if you have a 
crooked judge that wants half of that. Yeah, I guess so. It would be reasonable because, you know, we have no say in it. So it's what's reasonable to them. There's no standard in the government that says, hey, you can't charge over that certain amount. Reasonable is interpreted by the individual. Correct. And also, um, The Guardian, at least in my situation, they were able to come up with uh, the order um, because I had access to the information that said, you know, how when you email somebody, you see the the other emails, especially Google or Gmail. And um, it said, well, so and so I changed number one, number four, number eight. And I don't and I want to be paid by the hour. Can you add that? And then I'm fine with that. And I'm thinking, wow. So. I thought the judge creates the order. So she pretty much decides what she wants to do and creates the own order to follow. It's a, it's, it's mind numbing what you're sharing right now. And that's just a tip. Yeah. The iceberg. You just really can't trust anybody. We've had a few episodes of injustice and it always, at least for me, it always turns my stomach inside out. Yeah. I, I have no words for you, Christian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's like, it's like, in a way, what, what one doesn't see is they're taking away all of the moments, which is what, is what they're taking away. For, for fuck the, the goods. Fuck the yeah. house. Like, yeah, like, I don't care about that. But they're taking away the moments that you actually want to cherish in the most difficult in the most difficult time of your life, which is being there for the people that were there for you at times in your life and having that experience. And that's what's hard to stomach. And what they do. And I thought I was the first one that came up with this word. And then I realized that other people use the same word. And if you watch the Guardians, they use the word rape. Mm. They raped this family. They're raping this family. Yeah. You know, it's uh, every second of every minute, you know, um, knowing that they can do whatever they want, control not just their life, but your life, the siblings, you know, and not do anything. Yeah. You know, she hasn't gone over there. She contacts the nurse and everybody's all it's. Everybody's involved. It makes you wonder, you know, who's getting paid or how many and how much. I've also noticed in elderly, when you drug elderly, and I see a comment to this, alluding to this as well from Karen Miller, is that when you drug elderly, you can easily diagnose them as having dementia. Yes, they do that. Yeah. And I've seen it in my own friends, my own friend circle when I had a friend whose mother went into into a, a, a folks home and they were giving her drugs there. And then all of a sudden there's a rapid deterioration in their capacity to think. And instead yeah. of associating it with the drug that they were giving it, they called it dementia. And then they actually said, this is uh, a, another drug regime. So then they added more drugs, mm-hmm. which created even more deterioration, which was just, it, it was sad. To yeah, they've gotten very good. That was in the U.S., yes. They've gotten pretty good at it over the decades. Yeah, and I see another... You know, basically, just for those, we've got at least 10 people that we haven't never had this many comments on any show we've ever done. So clearly, you're not alone in this experience, as we can see from from our Christmas tree lighting up on the screen at the moment. I recognize a lot of them. Yeah. And I see that that even the people here, they're also suffering the same thing you're saying. So in some interesting way, you've become a galvanizing point for all of these other people that have had to undergo the same thing. Yeah. It's going to be my mission. Yeah. You know, and until my last dying, you know, breath. I think if you had to give someone that would be watching this show clear directions as to how to avoid this nightmare, what would that be? Well, honestly, if we don't get a grip on this, 
I don't know if we can avoid it because a lot of the people that I have spoken with were durable power of attorneys. They had if they did everything right, they did everything right, but somehow uh, everything was changed. And there's just bribery. There's, I mean, fraud beyond what you can even imagine. And um, but I would definitely say start young and do a durable power of attorney and a medical power of attorney and the advanced medical directive. Put your wishes on paper. Do not just, you know, make one copy. Give a whole bunch of copies out to relatives. Keep keep everything in a safe place. Um, record it like the, the durable power of attorney. Record it with circuit court, um, the courthouse. Um, do it before you're diagnosed or before you become incompetent. You know, maybe in your 40s, 50s. Um, you can always change it, but you never know. I, I spoke with a lady for seven hours three days ago, four days ago, and she had lost 16 members. And one was a disabled person, 47 years old. And another thing they do, because there's a lot more to the story, but uh, another thing they do is get rid of their organs, you know, and um, even if they weren't organ donors. Yeah, they didn't have any choice. Yeah. And a lot of times they will cremate uh, against the family's wishes to hide the evidence of drugging. Mm. Hmm. It sounds like you don't have a life. You're con- this is completely consuming you. Yeah. Yes, I haven't watched. I haven't had a television in four years. I I'm up every other night. You know. Robin Lynn says she's afraid that you're going to die of a heart attack if you if you continue at this pace. Right, right now, I wouldn't think that's such a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I can see yeah. that. What would you say? How could you start, if any, taking care of yourself a little bit just to make sure that, that what do you have to, like, make peace with so that you can proceed in life and not have this be the only thing that uh, consumes you? Well, you know, I my job is as a mental health counselor. So I use positive affirmations. I remind myself that I can only do so much. Mm. Um, Of course, you know, I'm a high achiever and I, I'm just, I'm always going, going, going because I want to get, you know, I want to feel like I'm doing something. Um, Especially when you feel very helpless and loss of hope, you know, Mm. and it's just just hard. Um, but I don't think that I'm going anywhere anytime soon because I, I have a mission. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, this will keep you alive for a That's really long time. Long shot. Yeah. And, and, and I, I guess what I learned from this, this is a lot of learnings for me on this show, was that I didn't realize that the animosity or the problems or the issues between the kids actually has a big consequence that you could never know ahead of time. So Exactly. And that, that's an open doorway. Yeah, that's an open door. It's like, it's like you think that actually I'm not getting along with them. Let's escalate this. But once you bring in the government, your life is over. They are now responsible and they don't take any care for you. So actually the real world or the real gem here is – Get along with the damn siblings so you don't have to be in a position like this in the future because the cost is greater than you'll ever, ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time, especially given that you're uh, getting emails as we speak around this subject. Well, thank uh, you for having me on here. And a lot of people are sending, saying that they love you and that uh, they're there to support. So. You have a network of people who uh, who are here to support as well. I see, which is really beautiful. Thank you. Really beautiful to be with you. Yeah, send you a lot of love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Hmm. I told you that was going to be a rough one, Bambos. I told you it's going to be a rough one. (laughs) God. Oh.
Uh, injustice shows suck. Injustice we, shows we've had suck. Like three, three. Yeah. They just. It's like when you see injustice in the world, and somehow even the even worse is institutionalized injustice. <sighs> And you can imagine a system which is so damn, there's just too many conflicts of interest. How can something like this exist without any accountability? It's just when money gets in the way. Money gets in the way. Money gets in the way. You have a network. You throw off the house. You throw off the auction. Everyone is feeding every money to everyone else. It's just, it's just, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And you can see, I mean, the, the Christian's word was rape. And I, I, I guarantee you, all these people watching, this is what they've been feeling when this has happened to them, is they feel like they've been raped. So for all you viewers, we're actually sorry that this is what you've had to go through. It's, uh, it's horrible. Just horrible. I'm just sitting with uh, <laughs> someone taking the agency of... You're not allowed to see your loved ones anymore. You're not allowed to see your loved one. And as you said, fuck the money. It's it's like I can't see my dying wife. I can't see my mother, my father. No. Or, or a lot of time and energy needs to be put into it to even get a glimpse of them. Yeah. And I'm assuming this this film that's there is is, is kind of highlighting the, the the scam that this is. Or if there's a film made, it means there's an aware awareness of it, but still there's nothing being done about there's it. There's nothing being done about it. And that's when I've seen in life one of the worst injustices is the ones that happen right underneath our nose because it's become so institutionalized that no one asks, how absurd is this? No one says, where is the accountability in this system? They say, oh, this is how we've decided how to deal with it. But just because we decided to deal with it that way doesn't mean it was right or that it didn't have flaws. So oh, I'm going to need to take a shower after this show. This is certainly the most commented show we've ever had in the history of A Wonderful Chaos. Uh, this one and um, the one with the woman whose father was in jail. Yeah, this one and it's a, the two Injustice shows, yeah. the two big ones that we've had on recently. Thank you for being with us. And, uh, and yeah, we look forward to seeing you next week Monday. again. Are we going to do that on? A wonderful chaos. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way.